My name is Gak, and I'll start bringing the scares for the next couple hours. So try to stay awake for as long as you can, lest you fall into dreams from which you cannot control or then wake up. This show is pre-recorded, so do not try to call in, or at least don't expect an answer from me. So email me anytime, radiofreegak at gmail.com, or you can follow me on Twitter, at 100 spell that out. October brings one of the annual themes here on Exploding Head Movies, tied to the final day of the month, Halloween. So, we normally go with soundtrack scores and songs that explore a bit of a horror theme in light of the holiday. And in recent news, one of the main figures in modern horror passed away. So later on in the show, we'll talk about Wes Craven, the director and writer known for many frightening films over the past 40 odd years. And we'll listen to two soundtrack excerpts from his most famous movies. Since the original A Nightmare on Elm Street, we'll hear some of Charles Bernstein's synth-heavy score. And then from the Scream series, we'll listen to the score from the first film in 1996 by Marco Beltrami in one of his earliest works. We won't start too scary yet, since uh, we'll have to be tackling some of the acts coming to town, uh, wrapping up our look at some of the films screening during the 38th annual Vancouver International Film Festival, which ends this Friday, and then some other local music fun. Uh, we'll kick off with some hip-hop, and at some point we'll do a profile on the recent NWA biopic Straight Outta Compton, and then Dr. Dre in general, but uh, I want to focus on one of the big guests on Dre's recent Compton release, and that's Kendrick Lamar. He popped up on Stephen Colbert's new late-night show, and Colbert replaced David Letterman. And Lamar has had a strong connection with Colbert over the years since uh, he appeared regularly on the fake pundit show back on Comedy Central, even appearing, I think, on the second-to-last episode, the penultimate, as it were. And uh, the Comedy Central series ended this year when Colbert took over the CBS slot from Letterman. Lamar's album To Pimp a Butterfly came out this year with a wallop, tackling racism with a literary and sonic propensity that is arresting. And this track off that album features the dancehall singer Assassin as it goes into deep into the subject about being black in 2015 with the weird parallels within the cab discussion happening in Canadian politics right now. So this will be Kendrick Lamar with The Blacker, The Berry here on Exploding Head Movies, CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. Listener discretion is advised due to strong language. I'm caught in my feelings, I know that you feel it You sabotage 
watch my community making the killing. You made me a killer. Emancipation of a real nigga. Georgia State Marcus Garvey got all the answers Or try to celebrate February like it's my B-Day Or eat watermelon chicken and Kool-Aid on weekdays Or jump high enough to get Michael Jordan endorsements Or watch BET cause urban support is important So why did I weep when Trayvon Martin was in the street When gang banging make me kill a nigga blacker than me Hypocrite not sure where to go on campus? Traveling late at night and afraid to go alone? Call SafeWalk, a free service where a co-ed team will take you anywhere you need to go on campus. Don't walk alone. For a walk, 
Add SafeWalk to your phone. Call 604-822-5355. That's 604-822-5355. Alternatively, use a UBC Blue phone and ask for SafeWalk. Approach any SafeWalk team or drop by our office on the main floor of the sub across from the gallery lounge. One act taking Iron Man's true identity, whilst the other fights the Fantastic Four. Tony Stark's and Doctor Doom, inspirations for the Ghostface Killer and MF Doom, and together they are Doom Starks. And that's their song from the Free Adult Swim singles program running this year. And the track's called Livelihood. Ghostface Killer will tie in nicely with the Scream profile later on in the show. Not that uh, he actually kills Ghostface, but uh, for now we know Ghostface Killer is being part of the Wu-Tang Clan, and he took his alias from the 1979 kung fu film The Mystery of Chess Boxing. And last year, Ghostface Killer released a solo album called 36 Reasons, and he collaborated with Adrian Young of Black Dynamite fame for the second part of the 12 Reasons to Die album. The Killer, real name Dennis Coles, also worked with the Toronto jazz act Bad Bad Not Good for the album at Sour Soul, which included a track called Ray Gun, where Doom appears on. And MF Doom is the alias of Daniel DeMille, a masked rapper with a dense rhyming style who plays up a villainous role. And Doom Starks originally released the song Victory Laps back in 2011 with talk of a complete album. And Ghostface had been apparently waiting on Doom for four years to complete his work. But there's talk that their album may finally come out soon as they're set to perform together at the Three Points Festival in Miami this weekend. 
and it won't be your typical live performance. Doom will appear via live screen, what's quoted as from the other side of time, as the press release says. There'll also be debut music from this Doomstarks album we've been waiting on. And behind me, this is Adamenon with Pralaya. This is off a split EP with a fellow Italian act called Altage. Now, coming to town tomorrow is Battles, the propulsive trio of Dave Kanopka, uh, ex Lynx guitarist and bassist, Ian Williams, who plays the guitars and keyboards and used to be part of Don Caballero and Storm and Stress, and then on the drums, John Stanier, formerly of Helmet. And back in 2007, Battles had a massive debut album called Mirrored, when they were a quartet. In light of some touring plans at the time, the lead singer at the time, Tondai Braxton, quit, opting to stay in New York and do his own compositional work. The rest of Battles forged on with rotating guest singers for their second album, 2011's Gloss Drop. But for their new album, Lottie Dottie, they stayed instrumental. I'm curious to see how this translates live with older material. I have to rely on y'all to go check them out. So Battles, along with guests Buke and Gaze, play tomorrow, Tuesday, October 6th at the Imperial. Doors open at 8, show starts at 9.30 p.m. Tickets start at $20, and it is a 19 and older show. So we're going to listen to two cuts from Battles, starting with a track off their new album, Lottie Dottie. This will be Battles with Summer Simmer. Of course, perfectly timed for our gorgeous autumn.
Liveband.com is Vancouver's community-driven concert calendar. New shows are added daily by the city's most active promoters, musicians, and by the driving force of the music scene, the fans. Liveband.com's listings are different because they are integrated with profiles updated by bands and business owners as they promote upcoming events. Check out the archives to see how closely we've worked within the community to put on the shows you love. Visit LiveMusicVancouver.com for the latest independent and major label event listings. LiveVan.com, Vancouver's community-driven concert calendar.
So we had a double shot of battles there, firstly off their new album, Lottie Dottie. We heard Summer Simmer. And then off their previous album, 2011's Gloss Drop, we heard My Machines with guest vocalist Gary Newman. Other guests on Gloss Drop included Kazumakino and Yamantaka Ai, but uh, Newman kind of stands out on his own there. Uh, incidentally, the former two-way army member who rocketed as a solo act in the new wave scene with tracks like Cars and Our Friends Electric, he had a three-night Los Angeles residency at the Terragram Ballroom, where each night focused on a different album, at least the core three essential albums of his. He has some similar dates in London later in October, as he's grown into his synthy statesman role. So as I said before, battles, along with guests, Buke and Gaze play tomorrow, Tuesday, October 6th, at the Imperial, and that's at 319 May Street near Hastings. Doors open at 8, show starts at 9.30, and tickets start at $20. But it is not. Knowledge is showing it to be 19 and older. In the background, this is Pyramid de Sangue with Aperti Ale Sete. This is off last year's Sete album. Now, on the same night as Battles, Peaches is also in town, and the ever-evolving and always provocative alias of Meryl Beth Nisker has kept busy since releasing her last studio album, 2009's I Feel Cream. She put on a one-woman rendition of Jesus Christ Superstar, then released an experimental autobiographical film aptly named Peaches Does Herself. She also had a lead role in a Berlin stage rendition of the classic opera L'Orfeo, and she collaborated musically with Yoko Ono, Le Tigre, and R.E.M. And on top of that all, she also published a photography book called What Else is in the Teaches of Peaches. Her latest album is Rub, and it was recorded in L.A. with Vice Cooler. And some of the guests on that album include longtime collaborator Feist and then Kim Gordon. And Peaches will bring in her teaches tomorrow, Tuesday, October 6th, the Commodore Ballroom. Doors open at 8. Tickets start at $28 and a half. And it's a 19 and older show for quite likely obvious reasons. Not sure if we have Rub yet here in the CITR station library, but Peaches was also part of the Adult Swim singles program this year that Doomstarks participated in. And for this track, she worked with Nick Zimmer of the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. This will be Peaches with Bodyline here on Exploding Head Movies, CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver.
it just like you? Three, open and free. Four, restrict no more. Unearthing the depths of contemporary cassettes and vinyl undergrounds, ranging from DIY bedroom pop and garage rock all the way to harsh noise and, of course, drone. Pop Drone, every Wednesday at 10 to 11.30 a.m. at CATR 101.9 FM. My advice to young girls would be Go home after school latest album, last year's Burn Your Fire for No Witness. That was Angel Olsen with Forgiven slash Forgotten. And Olsen is in the midst of a West Coast tour, and she'll keep stopping by with guest Lion Lim this Thursday, October 8th, and she'll be playing at the Biltmore Cabaret at the corner of Kingsway and 12th. Doors open at 8, show starts at 9, tickets start at $15. It was a 19 and older show. And in the background, this is the Roman numeral for 13, X-I-I-I. And off this year's 12-inch, no, the relative effects of explication. This is rachnid. So imagine if you misspelled rancid, but then played it like a spider thing, like a rachnid. R-A-C-N-I-D. Now, making its Canadian premiere at VIF this year is the documentary Hockney, 
which details the life and work of the acclaimed British painter David Hockney. And director Randall Wright includes vintage and recent interviews with his models, his friends, and then Hockney himself, covering his time in the swinging 60s in London, the AIDS crisis in the 80s in LA, and then the contemporary New York art boom. And Hockney screens tomorrow, October 6th at 10 a.m., bright and early in the morning at the Van City Theater. And it also screens uh, this Thursday, October 8th at 8.45 p.m. at the SFU Woodwards. My name is Gak. You're listening to Exploding the Movies here on CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. And we'll head over to Edmonton for Purity Ring, kicking off some sinister synth pop here. And they're still touring in support of this year's Another Eternity album. And I see some West Coast dates, Toronto, and then it's the Halifax pop explosion again. From Another Eternity, this will be Purity Ring with Heartside.
You can find them in this week's Georgia Strait, tied to the Best of Vancouver annual profile. And that was Fake Tears, and from their debut album, Night Shifting, that was You Want the Light. The duo of Larissa Love and Alicia Rimble have had a series of small shows throughout town, and similar to some of the other acts we've heard thus far in the show, they'll be heading to the Halifax Pop Explosion too. And I do see that they are playing the Seahorse Tavern on October 24th as part of their Nova Scotian trek. Here's hoping they attract more hearts and minds to their beautiful harmonies. Behind me from the video game soundtrack. Behind me from the video game soundtrack to Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. This is Jessica Curry with The Pattern Calls Out. And Everybody's Gone to the Rapture is a story-based game for the PlayStation 4. And it takes place in a small English village whose inhabitants have mysteriously disappeared. Curry is a British composer who has written for many other games, and the raves for her haunting, melancholic score have been rampant since the game first came out. I should definitely give that game a spin once I get access to a PS4, but when the game was first announced by the studio, it was intended for Windows. Continuing on with VIF, let's talk about the Icelandic film Sparrows, as directed by Runar Runarsson. It's a story about a 16-year-old choir boy with an angelic voice whose mom moves off elsewhere in life, so... He has to leave his comfortable lifestyle in Reykjavik to live with his estranged father in a remote Icelandic fishing village that he thought he had escaped forever. Forced to work in a fish processing plant and unable to hang out with anyone. There's one last screening during the festival and that's this Thursday, October 8th at 2.30pm at the Band City Theatre. Now for the past three years, the Chapel Sound Crew has been creating a wide array of electronic music here in town. It includes acts like Michael Red, Eli Muro, Rook Milo, Klein, and Jade Statues, of which the latter recently was announced that they'll be attending the Red Bull Music Academy later this year. To celebrate these three years, Chapel Sound has put out Volume 1 of a compilation available for free via download through Bandcamp, and there's a couple dozen tracks on it, which highlights part of Vancouver's depth in the music scene that way. So we're going to listen to two cuts from the Chapel Sound compilation Volume 1, and we're going to start off with Landon, L-A-N-D-Y-N. This track will be Psychosis.
imagined what it would be like to be a wizard. And then I pretended and acted in that way on the day. Studies show that 9 out of 10 wizards prefer CITR 101.9 FM. If we were to draw a graph of my process, of my method, something like this, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, action. Wizard, you shall not pass! Cut! Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian. All right, we had a double shot there from the new Chapel Sound compilation, Volume 1. We start off with Landon with Psychosis, and then we just heard James Dean, D-E-E-N, with a track called Sports. Other artists that appear on the compilation include Jolin Rass, Jules, Futon Don, and then someone named Gary. I'll try to spread out some more of that compilation over future shows as they fit. And of course, sports. Well, it's an exciting week for sports. You know, the baseball playoffs are about to start. Hockey season is about to kick off properly as well, too. And uh, I'm sure the Thunderbirds have some exciting things going on as well, too, since I see in the student nest right now 
Uh, they're posting these big posters full of some of the football athletes. Now we have Wax Limbs and Astrolope in the background here. And off the Pale Eyes EP, this is the title track, which features tryouts in some capacity. And Wax Limbs is the alias of Alex Metcalf from Mississauga. And Astrolope, well, that's Paul Gillard from Toronto. Now, in soundtrack release news, uh, for new soundtracks that are out, there's uh, Harry Gregson Williams' work for the film The Martian, and there's a score album, and there's also a song album as well, too, since, you know, sometimes we've got to keep them separated, the classical and then the popular stuff. John Powell's work for Pan is also out, and that's through Water Tower Music, and I've been seeing all the posters for some of the characters throughout the bus stops in town. And then Daniel Pemberton's work for the Steve Jobs biopic, conveniently enough called Steve Jobs, is also out. As re-releases go, well, for you vinyl hounds, uh, Dirty Dancing, that soundtrack is finally out on vinyl. Although I think it might have actually come out in vinyl back in 1987 when it first came out, but it's available now, 2015. The Goonies has a 30th anniversary edition out, and I believe that's on vinyl as well, but I think it'd be tied for any release that way. Riz Ortolani, part of the Italian Cinetera scene, his score for La Cintura di Castita is out. And then John Carpenter's score for The Fog is out on vinyl and it's in an expanded version as well. Next week when I'm back in the studio live and direct in your ears, I will dig deeper into John Carpenter. And it may stretch into a two-week profile, but I'll have to see what I can get done for the second part pre-recorded since I'll be in Europe for the last half of October. And of course that means Exploding Head Movies will have a bit of a wacky kind of broadcast schedule. But uh, I'll see if I can get a fill-in while I'm away. But we'll make sure it's very Halloween-oriented. Uh, as VIF continues, well, this is a kind of a warp film. This is part of the Altered States program series. And making its North American debut, the film's called... Ah! All the A's, one H, and an exclamation mark. And ah! is directed and stars Steve Oram, who is a writer-star of Ben Wheatley's uh, Sightseers. And it's a British satire about a suburb where the people have devolved into grunts and threat displays as a wanderer falls in love with a woman who's the member of a domestic clan in this fallen apart suburb. And this clan seems just partying the ruins of this subsection of London. So uh, some of the quotes I've seen is to imagine pink flamingos meets the tribe. And uh, there's some parallels to J.G. Ballard's High Rise, which uh, became a film adaptation that has been screening at Fifth as well, of a society gone to seed. And Kim Newman from Scream notes that in its enthusiasm for poo-flinging, food fights, penis chewing, cannibalism, teabagging, and sudden stabbings, the film sets out to shock in a particularly cozy way. It's as endearing as it is upsetting. And ah! Screens uh, this Thursday, October 8th at 4.30 p.m. at the Cinematheque. Uh, going back to music, uh, Gang Signs, the local trio of Peter Rick, Adam Fink, and Matthias Serenak. And this last Friday, they released their new album, Geist. And one of the tracks on Geist has been kicking around for quite a while, to the point that there's already a remix floating around from 8PRN. And that's off a 2013 remix album. So this will be Gang Signs with the 8PRN remix of LA on Monday, here in Vancouver on Monday. Of course, conveniently enough, whilst I'm in Seattle on Monday.
Dignity, respect, beauty, self-worth, safety, confidence, choice, hope. The Beauty Night Society is a registered charity dedicated to helping marginalized women introduce trust, hope, and self-esteem into their lives. This is the first day of Through its popular makeover program, the Beauty Night Society has touched the lives of thousands and reintroduced a healthy touch to the lives of vulnerable women throughout British Columbia, creating real life makeovers. Please visit www.beautynight.org for information on programs and on how to help. Beauty Night, because dignity is beautiful. I think I was blind before I met you.
From their self-titled debut, that was Sex Witch with How Hawa How Hawa. Sex Witch is a side project featuring Natasha Khan from Bat for Lashes and the English rock band Toy. And they first collaborated in 2013 for a pre-revolution Iranian cover called The Bride. And their album consists purely of 1970s and psych folk covers from Iran, Morocco, Thailand, and the United States. And specific to this song, How Hawa How Hawa is originally a song by Benasser Ukuya and Sheikha Hadawaki. They're a Moroccan act, and that song appeared on a recent compilation called Kasidat, Raw 45s from Morocco. That's out through the Dust to Digital label. And if you're curious what the song title translates to, simply, that's him. Behind me, this is Ben Frost, and uh, he opened for Tim Hecker during a recent tour stop here in Vancouver. Off last year's Aurora, this is No Sorrowing. Now, a late addition to the Vancouver International Film Festival is Anomalisa, and this won the Grand Jury Prize in Venice this year. And it was co-directed by Duke Johnson and Charlie Kaufman, since uh, Kaufman, known for films like Synecdoche, New York, and then writing things like Spike Jones's Being John Malkovich, and then Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Well, Animalisa is a stop-motion animation film adapted from Kaufman's play about a motivational speaker who tours the States and he has some anxiety within him, but he meets a fan and a romance starts, but it's a very awkward sort, kind of spoofing what you see in your standard romantic comedy. But it's also sabotaged and reenacted by felt figures. And this will be screening Friday, October 9th at 4 p.m. at the Vancouver Playhouse. Next up, we have Jesse Lanza, DJ Spin, and Tasso. And they worked together on an EP through Hyperdub earlier this year. And DJ Spin and Tazo are part of the footwork scene in Chicago, whilst Jesse Lanza has been representing Hamilton, Ontario by her R&B-inspired electro-pop. I've played a remix of this song in the past, but it's high time to share the original. This will be You Never Show Your Love.
Listen, if they're so hot, how come they're not tearing up the charts, babe? Because you never play them, babe. At CITR, our hosts choose the music they play. That means our charts actually reflect the tastes of music lovers, as opposed to focus groups. So if you want to know what's really tearing up the charts, get your hands on a copy of Beatroot or Discorder magazine, or go online to CITR.ca. CITR's charts are based on actual spins motivated by actual preference. No payola, no marketing, just good tunes. Refreshing, no? It was Vancouver's own The Passenger with the A-side to a recent 45 through the Kingfisher Blues label. That was JXPG.
and the passenger has been an active member in the local scene, putting out random little releases every now and then. And he actually does appear on the recent CITR Fun Drive cassette called Sub Pop, referring to our old home in the Student Union Building, SUB, and before we moved to the Student Nest here this summer. And you can actually listen to a passenger live set on that tape from his appearance on the Sunday show, More Than Human, here on CITR, home to all your electronic needs. But the Sub Pop cassette is also available on Bandcamp. Now in the background, this is Johnny Jewel with a track that he uploaded onto SoundCloud earlier this year. Part of a wave of songs tied to the anticipated new album from the Chromatics called Dear Tommy. But that's been delayed for some reason. I know Jewel's been uploading some other tracks as well too, but this is him solo. This is Seven Corners. One last bit of it for you, and it comes from New Zealand. The movie's called Deathgasm. And imagine a bit of Dead Alive, or Shaun of the Dead, as a boy who finds salvation when he forms a heavy metal band with some friends in his sleepy New Zealand town. But then they uncover an ancient piece of tablature, and then cover something called the Black Hymn, and unleash something unholy as plagues of demons strike. And of course they have to fight them off, grab the nearest power tools, and orchestrate the most outrageous kill scenes in recent memory. This past Saturday, Deathgasm had 11 p.m. screening at the Rio. Very appropriate, but if you missed it, you can catch it this Wednesday, October 7th at 4 p.m. at SFU Woodwards. We'll hop over to Winnipeg next. Glass Random is the project by Dave Shaw, and he has a very diverse mix of material on his SoundCloud, which he calls Dad Jams. This track just popped up in the past month. This will be Glass Random with Leave Everything.
From Vancouver, that was Fluence with XO. And the guys who run the Winnie Cooper blog brought that to my attention the past month. And Fluence has been on a good pace of posting a song a month up until recently. Good quality modern Vancouver music that way. In the background, this is Profondo Rosso, and this French act have, have a very long song behind me, which we're only going to hear a bit of off of this year's Hyper Giallo album. This is L'Arrière Monde. We'll get into Wes Craven shortly. So as we prepare ourselves for the first film score, A Nightmare on Elm Street, let's listen to a recent song that incorporates some other Craven references from a singer who definitely has referred to Elm Street in the past. Now, most people know Toronto's The Weeknd now as a... It started off as an anonymous project five years ago, but it's now led to massive chart success, especially in the wake of this year's sophomore album, Beauty Behind the Madness, which topped the Billboard charts and all its singles and the guest appearances and all that stuff. And in this track, he compares the paparazzi and the fans with the violent savages that watch over folks and attack them. And uh, you think about the 1977 film, The Hills Have Eyes from Wes Craven, kind of connects to The weekend's consistent darkness. So instead of listening to the original version of The Hills, this will be the Matt Stubbs remix of The weekend's The Hills. Stay tuned, you're listening to Exploding Head Movies here. My name is Gap, CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver.
Ranophonic is best thought of as an introversal jukebox which has no concept of genre, style, political boundaries, or even space-time relevance. But it does know good sounds from bad. Lately, the program has been focused on Philip Random's All Vinyl Countdown plus Apocalypse, the 1,111th greatest records you probably haven't heard. And we're not afraid of noise. Randophonic, every Saturday at 11pm to 2am at CITR 101.9 FM. From A Nightmare on Elm Street. We're Charles Bernstein there with Prologue. And it's also behind me with Rod Hanged slash Night Stalking. And A Nightmare on Elm Street came out in 1984, directed and written by Wes Craven, who will be the filmmaker we'll profile here for the rest of Exploding Head movies. And uh, yeah, Wes Craven, born in 1939. Originally, he was uh, studying to become a professor, which he did become, and he taught humanities. But around the same time as he was teaching, he also bought a film camera and worked as a sound editor. And in the 70s, he left academia, and he actually became a porn film director and worked under various aliases that way. But in 1972, he made his uh, mainstream debut with The Last House on the left. And for A Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, it was uh, written after production on Swamp Thing had wrapped up, and it was based on some facts, including uh, how some Khmer refugees in the 70s had some uh, strong nightmares to the uh, horrors that they had seen, and they were so strong enough that they didn't want to sleep afterwards, and in fact died shortly thereafterwards from a uh, you know, lack of sleep, also the stress that way. But some other inspirations from Eastern religion and the song Dreamweaver, and uh, a bit of uh, Charles Bernstein's score refers to some of the synthrips that way. In Nightmare on Elm Street starred Robert Englund as Freddy Krueger, took on a life of his own as the killer of children in their dreams and their parents couldn't save them. And the original film had a young Johnny Depp make his film debut that way. As for Charles Bernstein himself, well, he did his first score for the 1969 oscar winning documentary Czechoslovakia 1968 and did scores for films like uh, 1974's Mr. Majestic, 1976's Gator, and then uh, continuing on with horror, Cujo. 1983 adaptation of Stephen King with a St. Bernard. Probably the least scariest animal ever. Anyways, let's listen to a few cues here from uh, Charles Bernstein's A Nightmare on Elm Street. So, core. And once I come back, I'll talk a little bit more about some of the other films in the series and how it continued on, and some recent news tied to music from that. But we'll start off with the main title from A Nightmare on Elm Street.
So from his soundtrack to A Nightmare on Elm Street, that was Charles Bernstein. We started off with the main title, then we heard Jail Sale, No Escape, we closed with Evil Freddy, and in the background, this is Final Search. Again, Nightmare on Elm Street, set in a fictional Midwestern town of Springwood, Ohio. Plot revolving around several teenagers who are stalked and killed in their dreams, and thus killed in reality by Freddy Krueger. The teenagers were unaware of the cause of this strange phenomenon, but their parents held a dark secret from long ago. And Bernstein described his uh, collaboration with Craven at the time that West was very easy to work with. He gave me a lot of freedom, but we would discuss ideas and approaches, and in many ways he was an ideal director to communicate with because he listened well and was open to all ideas. And based on the budget available for the film, Bernstein used an electric score, so all on synths that way. But... Of course, as slasher films went, A Nightmare on Elm Street was a huge success, and there were many sequels. Bernstein didn't actually complete to work the score on the rest of the music for the other films, although uh, director Rennie Harlan briefly talked to him about scoring the fourth one. So along with the films, there was a television series, a crossover with Friday the 13th, since Craven had a good relationship with uh, the guy who works behind that. I think it was Cunningham was his last name. And... Uh, Beyond various other works of imitation, there's a remake of the same name, released in 2010. For recent Bernstein, well, he actually did the score for a classic in the making this year's Sharktopus vs. Whalewolf. And there's a lot of Bernstein's music that's used in Tarantino. You can actually listen to cues by Bernstein in Kill Bill Volume 1 and then in Glorious Bastards. But in recent news, Varese Saraband will be releasing an 8-CD box set of music from the entire Nightmare on Elm Street series. It's a limited edition of 2,000 units. It'll be coming out later in October. And, uh, yeah, it'll be a deluxe edition featuring over 8 hours of music, along with 3 hours of bonus tracks. So along with Charles Bernstein's work from the first one, Christopher Young's music from the second one, Angelo Badalamente did the work for the third one, Dream Warriors. Craig Safan did The Dream Master. Jay Ferguson, not from Sloan, did The Dream Child. Brian May did uh, The Final Nightmare, and I don't think that is the guy from Queen, because uh, there's also a Brian May who did the work for the first two Mad Max films. And then uh, Peter Robinson and Graham Revell round off that set. Otherwise, let's hop over to Scream. So that's another big series that uh, Wes Craven made. And this one was very metatextual, since the idea was that all the kids in the Scream series were aware of horror films, all its tropes. So what would happen is that uh, the ghost face would pop up, riff on the idea of how much people knew about horror films, and then sort of kill them that way. So that was a huge hit in 1996. And uh, at the time, Marco Beltrami did the score. So at this point, Marco Beltrami has been a big part of the Hollywood composing scene. And, uh, yeah, I think Scream made for his fourth or fifth film, but uh, what a debut. So, based on the budget at the time, he worked with a smaller orchestra, and over the series he worked with larger and larger. But we'll stick with the first Scream, and uh, this release I have actually is bundled with the Scream 2 soundtrack, uh, although it's considered the score, because I know there's song albums that came out at the same time, too. So this doesn't include the weird spaghetti western elements you hear in Scream 2. So, from Scream, back in the 90s, we'll start with Marco Beltrami here with Sydney's Lament.
So from Marco Botrami's score to the 1996 film Scream, we start off with Sidney's Lament with its uh, haunting sort of vocals there. Then we heard Altered Ego, and we ended off with Trouble In While I Talk over NC-17. And Marco Botrami did the music for the entire Scream series. And uh, as recent music goes, well, he did the recent Fantastic Four reboot. Uh, unfortunately, Fantastic Four has not had a successful run at all when it comes to any of the films being made. Whether it was with a cheap one in the 90s just for someone to hold on to the rights, uh, whatever came out twice in the early 2000s, or the oddies, and then this year. I'm not sure if it's something that Marvel's dropping the ball on or some other things are happening that way, but it's weird. Anyways, uh, on August 30th this year, Craven died of brain cancer, and he died at his home in Los Angeles at the age of 76. And all the people who had worked with his entire career lauded him and thanked him for his vision that he had. But at the same time, you know, everyone has new nightmares thanks to him. Anyways, that's it for Exploding Hit Movies this week. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it is The Jazz Show with Gavin Walker, and he'll take you until midnight. So stay tuned to CITR for the rest of your Monday evening. If you missed any of this week's episode, you should be able to grab the podcast via www.citr.ca shortly once I get everything lined up from the hotel I'm staying at in Seattle. Uh, you can also search iTunes for all of the station's fine programming. Exploding Hit Movies should be one of the top results, but at this point right now, CITR.ca, super ramped up right now. The upgrade is doing fantastic stuff, especially because you can see that playlist and many more going back quite some time. Uh, podcast always gets updated first, but uh, I try to upload things on Mixcloud when things don't work, and in this case, I should have the raw file, so we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, at 100air. Exploding Head Movies is also on Facebook, Tumblr, and Google+. But you can email me anytime, radiofreegack at gmail.com. So next week, I'll be back for Thanksgiving with perhaps my only live show in October since uh, I have a busy road schedule. So we'll look at John Carpenter. I may touch upon some of his scores to his own films, and then if I have time, I'm hoping to pre-record an immediate follow-up episode to do a film that he did not score a films. That's 1982's The Thing. And that music was done by Ennio Morricone. I also have a fill-in at some point in October as well, too, so I'll sort that out before October ends. Otherwise, uh, as November looks, well, once I'm back from Spain and Portugal, uh, I might have a live act lined up. So we'll see how that goes. We'll end with another local act. Uh, this will be White Poppy, an author 2013 self-titled album. This will be Existential Angst. And at some point, I need to play some of her newer stuff. Anyways, 
My name is Gak. I'll see you in seven days. And enjoy your Canadian Thanksgiving. For you American listeners, have a great Columbus Day. Take care. Just to remind you that you are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Stay tuned now for The Jazz Show coming up with Gavin Walker. <laughs> 